You're listening to Faithful Adaptation, an audio series produced by Luther Seminary's Faith Lead, a connection hub for current and emerging faith leaders curious about big ideas and breakthrough practices for ministry. Episode 1 is on connecting with your people, and it features Ben and Joy McDonald Coltvet. So welcome, everyone. My name is Dan Bielenberg. I'm uh, working with the Faith Lead team. We, we sort of huddled this earlier this week and decided, again, this is the sharing part. So what we're hoping is over the course of each session, we can hear some stories and examples of what people are experimenting with and what they're learning that is part of innovating is to rapidly try things and learn from them not be so caught up in failure but let's do it to learn and then maybe to gather up resources and so we picked this first theme for today is connecting with your people we wanted to start and ben and um, and his wife have got some stories to share and then when they're finished let's you know open it up and see what other examples people would want to share so take it away ben yes I am a pastor's spouse, and my spouse, Joy McDonald Colpett, is pastor at Christ on Capitol Hill. And we wanted to just share for a few minutes about the things that, that we've been learning and discovering along the way at our congregation. And I'll also be adding some links to the chat, as well as we'll have a follow-up uh, blog post that we'll share on the, the Faith Later blog where you'll be able to find the links that we talk about. So, so don't worry if you're not catching uh, what I'm referencing, but you'll be able to, to uh, capture that later. The, the theme for today is connect with your people. And in this moment, I mean, that's kind of the number one priority. How do, you, how do we connect with people who are in our congregation who need help and who are looking for that uh, connection in a time of physical distancing? And so we've we've done a couple different things. I want to pass it to Joy to share what we've done with worship, first of all. And uh, we'll just kind of tag team. Hi, everyone. I'm a pastor at Christ on Capitol Hill, St. Paul, Minnesota. And um, we arrived home from vacation on Friday night. On Saturday, we decided that the worship we thought we were going to have, we were not going to have in person. Um, or at least we were going to try to greatly reduce those who gathered in person. And so on Saturday, I went in and we developed slightly abbreviated form of worship. About six of us gathered to lead worship. And it was a little higher than um, because we had four musicians um, because it was our Jazz Sunday weekend. And those jazz musicians said they were more than happy to have a gig not be canceled. So we uh, live recorded worship on Sunday morning. We had about six homeless or others who arrived in worship. We have a very large space, so it was very easy for them to distance themselves. And so people who didn't get the message, about six arrived. So we had about 12 of us and in the room and uh, we Facebook live streamed worship um, we also did it via Zoom. What we learned from that is that the Zoom callers had a lot of trouble with audio in that event where there were different sound elements. 
then what we did on Monday is we got organized to record in advance Wednesday night worship and Sunday night worship for the following three worship services, which we recorded all in a row on Tuesday. That time it was just me, um, my deacon, and a piano musician, and we did it in a much smaller room in our uh, congregational space because our, our sanctuary is just huge and echoey. And so we did it in a much more like living room type setting. Pre-recording meant that then we could also edit the videos, which we are giving ourselves full permission. I mean, we make mistakes in worship every single Sunday. So we were not doing like 10 takes or anything like this. It was just really like you, like it is what it is, except for like if the microwave was beeping in the other room, we like re-recorded that. We've also had some meetings via Zoom, like the council meeting to talk about what are we gonna do was via Zoom. And that involved some of our older members and everyone who was able to participate did say, it's surprisingly easy. What we've noticed about Zoom training videos is they go really fast. So Ben and I together did a super slow training video. It's like a three minute video saying like how to connect to Zoom. So if you're, you know, any of you tech savvy people know that if we took three minutes doing that, like it was slow paced. The other thing that's occurred to me is we also need to do something to help the phone users join. We've shared the phone number, and but we haven't exactly told people how to do that at the same level. And then the other thing that I have promised but um, haven't delivered yet in these first five days is that we will create some kind of a phone tree. So going back to like old school, like prayer chain, kind of like this person calls these people, so that the people in our midst who are only have a phone would be able to use that way of connecting to each other. We also have abbreviated but kept weekday office hours because we have a certain portion of our population who has no technology of any kind, including phone. So, um, and, and some of whom have no address. So in order to be open sometimes for those folk, and be able to um, touch base with them at a distance. Um, we are keeping some limited office hours open too. And I wanted to share a few of the resources. There's a great compilation that I, I just put in the chat and we'll post on the blog. Compilation from the Virginia Synod of the ELCA that shares basic tutorial links for using Zoom and also some considerations for worship. You know, we heard after the fact, after the sun, or just before the Sunday worship, that Augsburg Fortress was allowing streaming licenses through May. So, uh, for people who were, we were concerned, like, do we have a license to do to use music from the hymnal? Um, at least from the ELW, that's that's covered. And there's just a bunch of things to think about if you're in that situation of having this. Yes. I want to interrupt. Uh, music licensing, just to clarify, not all hymnal hymns are covered by one license or Augsburg Fortress. So some of them are CCLI or other publishers. That is really helpful to point out. Thank you, Lowell. So still being aware of, it may feel like the Wild West, but it's good to do what you can to honor copyright. Also, 
it's a great opportunity to see what your colleagues and your other uh, your ministry partners are doing because so often worship has been you need to walk in the building to experience it and now all of a sudden as many uh, congregations are sharing online you can get a sense of what's worship like in other places so that's kind of an exciting opportunity we had as Troy mentioned we experimented with Facebook Live. We experimented with uh, Facebook Watch Party. So with the recorded, the pre-recorded worship, setting that up as a watch party so that the, the content is already there, but you can have people comment in real time. And that was actually a little bit hard. We had trouble when we were trying to do Zoom and Watch Party at the same time. So after trying that once, we decided to separate them and when we're offering one, then offer the other at an alternative time. Can you, would you mind, I'm not familiar with the watch party. Facebook, can you describe what that is? Is it a concept or is it actually in Facebook or? It is, um, and I'll, I have a link that I'm just gonna share in a moment. So the idea of a watch party is that you have, you have pre-recorded video that you've loaded to your Facebook page uh, or to your personal Facebook account. And then you, you um, when you go to create a post, you hit the three dots and you can get other options and watch party is one of the options. So you schedule a time when that video will be playing and you're sending out invites to your people and then they can join and watch at this in, in synchronized and then they, their comments are captured kind of in the same way as a Facebook Live. Another thing I want to mention is in several of the pastor groups I'm in, there's been a lot of anxiety about, do I have to like understand all this technology and put all this stuff out there? And like, it's just overwhelm. And so uh, with a group I was talking with this, this morning, I said, I really think it's an amazing time for us to share with each other. And like, we don't all have to do all the things and we can offer to those of those who are technologically connected, and um, we can offer what people are doing that you know we trust their perspective. I mean, one other thing is that the watch party automatically put a random video directly after ours. Um, so what I learned from that also was uh, that uh, to allow a little bit bigger end time at the end of my video so that I was able to stop it before some random guy was talking. So uh, I don't know, we are very much like kind of punting and like learning as we go. But I think it's, it's been encouraging for me to be able to share some things that other people are doing. And I feel like if it's not your thing to do like online worship, like don't, like do the things that are uh, best for you and then like use the things that other people are creating that feel like a match to your place. The last thing I wanted to touch on was things beside, besides worship. Um, so I just posted a link to, to the uh, online Bible study with Michael Chan. So many places, uh, many pastors are offering Bible study and there's really no reason why you can't join those or uh, push you know, encourage your people to take advantage of things that are already existing. So this Bible study with Michael Chan tonight is a great chance to be with a biblical scholar, Old Testament professor at Luther Seminary, and it just kind of opens us up to what's already existing, but in a new way. 
and as other people are commenting, you know, it's really, it, it is, uh, there's a lot of stuff that's already out there. And the other thing I wanted to mention was our game night. So tomorrow night, uh, someone had mentioned at the end of One Worship War, could we, can we do bingo or something together? And so that's, uh, we're, we're going to try that out with Zoom. And uh, I got an app to do the bingo calling uh, to pull up the little numbers. And, and we'll just see if, yeah, you know, the, the main thing that people are enjoying is seeing each other's faces, no matter what age, um, just connecting and being like, oh, I remember you. Um, it hasn't been that long since we've been together. So with that, I'm going to pass it back to Dan. Yeah, thank you, Ben. Thank you, Joy. Yeah, this is wonderful. And it's it's almost like you have opportunities to go deeper than the, uh, the two-minute um, Narthex conversation um, now. This is really quite interesting. And we should start keeping a tally of all the really interesting things and fun things that people are doing uh, virtually. Uh, I love virtual bingo. We were talking, I was talking with a colleague yesterday about, uh, and this is something that people who work remotely in the corporate world do a lot, is just when you're having a meeting, like a council meeting or a committee meeting, take a few minutes at the front end of the meeting to talk, talk about your surroundings. Like what is something, what does your environment look like? And you can show it just with your video, you can move your, you know, your computer around. People like to showcase their pets or talk about their, their kids um, or their coworkers now that all the kids are home. So ways to really help people connect, not just technology wise, but share your life. And uh, I think that's gonna help us. There was one other, Thing that our congregation is doing that I thought was it doesn't really fit into the technology mode here. There's been a call to have prayer hours at noon and seven o'clock where you stop and you pray for the church, our church, but also the church at large. I mean, I guess Islam has been doing this for many years, but um, it's not a bad thing. You can set a timer on your phone and just remember, and it's a way of bringing the presence of the, of the church and our connection with other people into this you know my wife and i are doing this on a regular basis she's a nurse at a hospital and she she'll take the time to stop and pray any other ideas about connecting with your people that we haven't discussed you haven't heard from from ben or joy or that you'd really want to share if so just please unmute and let's have it um i'm in a small congregation and connecting my adults that are home with my sunday school kids who are also home oh. and getting the adults a series of questions and things like that that they could answer and ask then ask the kids and literally send stuff back and forth in the mail and I know there's possibilities of things in the mail but I'm gonna try it anyway you've got young people and older people being pen pals yeah that's the goal and I have a 98 year old who's very with it and I've asked her to write a letter to the children of the church about what it means to celebrate 99 Easter's Nice. I can't wait to hear what it is. Yeah. Speaking of, it, of family ministry, which is kind of what that reminds me of, I had I was just starting my first communion classes, and I write my own curriculum for that, and I adapted it for the parents to teach their kids because, as we know at Luther Seminary, it's better that way anyway. <laughs> so that was a great opportunity to get the parents to teach their kids. I, as a faith formation person, I think there's so much fertile ground out there to really give it back to the families in a way that's robust and rich. And, and yet we, you know, clergy people have got a role to play in equipping the parents, you know. So I'm excited about that too. 
that'll be one of the topics. And I think that might be a good cue too. Any other last ideas? Uh, any other things you're super excited about you want to share with uh, with the group? Something that's happening in Northwest Iowa, maybe it's happening elsewhere, is drive-in worship. It actually, um, Robert Schuler actually got that from Northwest Iowa originally. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's from Northwest Iowa anyway. Right. Ill, but my husband's church is going to be doing that, and we're going to be checking it out. It's not expensive, 120 bucks for an FM transmitter. Where do they park? In the parking lot. You just have them have somebody there to line up everybody to park. You have to keep your windows shut. So it's legal, according to our governor anyway, no more than 10 people. And um, you just put up, you know, you just hold up posters that tell them where to tune in and um, how to give and things like that. Probably still can't do communion, but. Yeah, I think we're going to take one of these sessions, at least part of it, and talk about communion. Like, what are people doing for that? But we'll save that for a future session. Well, thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to Faithful Adaptation an audio series from Luther Seminary. Stay up to date on our Faith Lead conversations and see upcoming guests in the series. Join the Faith Lead Learning Laboratory, the social network for Christian leaders to connect and share at faithlead.mn.co. Thanks for joining us.